good we would need on this day. So Lord, I pray that you would speak through me in these coming moments and speak in spite of me. In Jesus' name, amen. Oftentimes when you watch uh, a sporting event or games, like maybe tonight, the big Super Bowl, some of you are excited for that, some of you could care less, I understand. But oftentimes when uh, somebody um, catches a touchdown or throws a touchdown or runs the ball into the end zone, you might see them touch their heart and then point to the sky. Or if in baseball someone gets a base hit and gets on base, you might see them, you know, point to the sky. Or um, in basketball, you know, someone makes a, uh, a, a big shot at the end of a game and, you know, they, they kind of point up to the sky. Or in hockey or whatever sport we're thinking of, when they do something that's, that's important or something that, that they, they give thanks. And what they're doing in that moment is they're giving thanks to their God. They're pointing to something greater beyond themselves. They're... They're, they're pointing up to the heavens and giving God thanks for the ability um, for them to be able to do what they just did. And oftentimes, many people see that, uh, and, they, and they recognize that. A lot, of, a lot of Christian athletes take the opportunity, knowing that they're on national TV and these sorts of things, to, um, to, to pray um, or to uh, put Bible verses underneath their eyes or... Um, you know, point to the sky. They're, they're pointing people to something beyond themselves. And this is what the kingdom of God looks like and our role in it, that we are to be people who point people to something greater than our current reality. We trust and know that heaven will be better than this present age that we're living in right now, that there'll be no more sin, no more division, no more broken hearts, no more mourning. But in the meantime... Um, as Christians, we, we are called to kind of reach out into, into what we know heaven's going to be like and kind of pull it into our present reality so that when people see us, that, that we are living in a way that we trust that uh, heaven is going to be like, that we live, uh, we bring heaven to earth. As Jesus says in the Lord's Prayer, uh, that thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that we may live in such a way that we know what heaven is going to be like, and we reflect that here and now. If you have a favorite musical artist um, that's been around for a while, chances are they have a greatest hits album. Uh, or if you have Apple Music or something, it's, it's the Essentials album. You know, the, the, the sense of, uh, out of all the years, like the, the most important songs or the most popular songs are kind of consolidated into one album. And some people would say that Jesus' greatest hits or Jesus' essentials are found in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, the Sermon on the Mountain, uh, Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, his most famous sermon. Many of Jesus' greatest teaching themes are found in these three chapters in the Gospel of Matthew. For example, uh, this was just the beginning of the sermon that I read this morning in the Scripture, but... Uh, some other things that Jesus says are this. Whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners and so that they may be seen by others. But truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. 
and your Father who sees you in secret will reward you. So kind of a, the idea of, of pride and, and to not do things so we can be noticed and recognized by people, but to be humble. Jesus also says in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but you don't notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your neighbor, let me take the speck out of your eye while the log is in your own eye? It's a reminder to us that we all have our own junk, we all have our own issues, and before we take time to, to reach out and, and pick on other people's imperfections, uh, Jesus is saying, look inwardly uh, at your own imperfections, because your neighbor might have a little speck in their eye, but we have a big old log in our own, and we've got to take care of that log before we can talk about the speck in someone else's eye. Or how about when Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, in everything, do to others as you would have them do to you. For this is the law and the prophets, the golden rule, right? Treat others how you want to be treated. Do to others as you wish they would do to you. What would the world look like if we treated one another in such a way? It would look more like the kingdom of God. It would look more like the kingdom of heaven. And when we follow these teachings found in the Sermon on the Mount, we are living in a way that is different. We are living in a way that the kingdom of God is made real on earth as it is in heaven. We're showing people, like I said, what eternity is going to look like. This is who we want to be. This is what we want to do is to give people glimpses of heaven right here and right now. And Jesus opens this sermon by turning some things upside down, doesn't he? Jesus is teaching in this introduction to the Sermon on the Mount about the blessed life. He's saying, blessed are the blank. New Testament scholar N.T. Wright says that these teachings in the Sermon on the Mount are ongoing signs of God's kingdom here on earth. So when Jesus is teaching in the Sermon on the Mount and he sits down and begins to teach and he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He's not saying that, that this is about going to heaven when you die, although it may seem like that by reading it in the, on the surface. But rather, he, he's saying that you will be one of those whom God's kingdom begins to appear on earth as it is in heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit. People will see the kingdom of God through you right here and right now. These are statements um, and an agenda for kingdom people is what these, um, uh, what these first 12 or so verses are about in the Sermon on the Mount. They're not necessarily commands to go and do, but rather they give comfort to those who find themselves in these places. For example, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Now, you, you read that at the surface, and as I did for many years, just read that and think, wow, I, I don't know that I want to mourn um, at all. I don't know that I want to suffer loss. Who wants to suffer? Who wants to mourn? Um, but at the surface, it kind of just looks like, well, if I want to be blessed, that means I have to mourn. But this isn't to say that uh, those who are in a state of self-pity or shame will be comforted. Jesus is talking about a different kind of mourning here. Jesus is, is talking about a type of mourning in which someone who grieves over the state of the world, over the state of the present age, over the evil and sin and, and, and uh, corruption in the world, 
somebody who mourns over that. Jesus is saying, when you mourn at places on this earth that don't look like heaven, you will be comforted. What are some of the, some of the evils in the world that you look at and that you wish were different? And those are what Jesus is saying, uh, if you mourn these things, you will be comforted. So what are those things that we look at in our own world and that wish that they were different? Jesus also says, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. In other words, he's saying, blessed are those who meek, blessed are those who are gentle, for they will be the ones who inherit the new heaven and the new earth. He also says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, because those who hunger and thirst for righteousness or justice, uh, they will be filled. They're not merely... Um, Jesus isn't saying uh, those who just merely long to be spiritually um, personal, uh, to, to personally be just kind of spiritual, but people who long for God's kingdom to come, those who are longing for that day, um, those who, who seek and hunger after that. He also says, blessed are those who are merciful, for they will receive mercy. Not just to, to be a merciful person, um, not just uh, rather not just having an attitude of mercy, but to be someone who is a merciful person, that when we show mercy and compassion to others, that that we will receive that mercy back. Jesus also says, "Blessed are you if you are pure in heart, because if you are pure in heart, you will see God. Not just purity of heart, but a heart that is fully devoted to God." that is fully devoted to God in all that we do. And, and Jesus is saying, when we are fully devoted, purity of heart, that we will see God. And of course, Jesus also says, blessed are those who are peacemakers, for the peacemakers will be called children of God. To be a part of the kingdom of God here on earth, right here and right now, we must practice peacemaking being people of peacemaking and promoting reconciliation whenever that is appropriate, and being people who point people to that kingdom that is to come by practicing peacemaking. Jesus also says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Being committed to these things, which we call the Beatitudes, are very high commitment but Jesus says that those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, that the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Because we know that when we live in this way, not everyone's going to be pleased with that. Not everyone's going to like that. Not everyone's going to enjoy that when we're living in such a way. I encourage you this week, I really encourage you to take time to read Matthews chapter 5, 6, and 7. And the beginning part of chapter 5 is in your bulletin this week as the Gethsemane growth guide for the week where you can look at one of those Beatitudes each and every day and reflect on that through a reflection question. But, but go beyond that. Read the, read the Sermon on the Mount. Maybe you can make that a devotional goal this week. You can divide it up into maybe three days or, or just read it. If you have time, read it all every morning or every evening before bed. Read what you can 
but read it in its entirety and remind yourself in the midst of that that this is what Christian living looks like. This is the type of living that will offer a reflection of heaven to people in the world who desperately need some good news to hear. There are so many people in our community and in our world who are desperate for good news, for the good news of Jesus Christ. And we are the ones who God can use as chosen instruments to go out and be those people. And as disciples of Jesus Christ, let us be kingdom people. Where do we, where do you and I need to be more Christ-like in our lives right now? Where are places that, that you and I need to be Christ-like? Because maybe we're doing okay in some areas, but other areas we might need some more work. How are we practicing being Christ-like through our generosity, through our prayer life, through practicing forgiveness, or practicing peacemaking? Or what about the fruits of the Spirit that we find in Galatians, where um, Paul is saying, these are the fruits of the Spirit. The Spirit is at work in your life, and the fruits of, those, of that Spirit is this. Love. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Peace. Forbearance. Kindness. Faithfulness. Goodness gentleness, and self-control. Out of those fruits of the Spirit, where are those places that we need to be more Christ-like? Maybe it's through self-control. Maybe it's through gentleness or love or practicing peace, whatever that may be. Where might God be calling you to be a reflection of heaven in the world today? What is your response today to this scripture reading, and how will you go away today living differently? We're called to not only hear, but to go and do a way that is different in the world than the world and, and looks more like Jesus, because following the teachings of Jesus is wise, and it brings life, but it's not easy. Just look at how Jesus concludes the Sermon on the Mount. After he says all these things in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, he concludes his sermon. This is kind of his benediction. Uh, and he says, Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on a rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell. And great was its fall. In this illustration, Jesus shows that both types of people that hear the both types of people are hearing the words of Jesus. It's not that that some of them didn't hear it. Everybody heard those words, but there's one big difference. Jesus says there's some people who are going to act on those words, and there are other people who are not going to act on them. And Jesus says those who do not act on them, that is foolish. And it's like building your house on the sand. So often we hear words at church we hear words at Bible study. We hear words when we read Scripture or when we're talking to other people and they say a good word into our life. And we agree with those words. 
And, and oftentimes we say yes and amen. I agree with that. I hear that. We hear them being said and we agree with them, but the big difference is what do you then go and do about it? What do I then go and do about it when I hear a word? What do you then go do about it? How do we act on it? Do we act or not? How are you acting out on your faith? Like a wise person who builds their house on the rock? How are you acting out with what you hear by showing compassion to others and being devoted to Jesus and his teachings? The challenge for us today and this morning that I leave you with is that may we all be like the wise person and build our house on the rock. May we not only hear the teachings of Jesus, may we not only agree with the teachings of Jesus, but may we then go and put those words into practice. Let us pray. Just take a moment to reflect and be in prayer. Where might God be calling you to act on your faith today? Where can we begin to build our house on the rock? Take a moment to just pray to God right where you are, whatever's on your heart. Oh, Lord, forgive us for those times where we hear your words and we don't do anything about it. We don't act on them. We don't go out into our community and live as you call us to live. Forgive us. We have all fallen short. We have all failed to be an obedient church. But your grace is amazing. And that's why we sing Amazing Grace, because you remain faithful to us. Help us to go this week to put your words into practice. Help us to read the Sermon on the Mount. Help, it, uh, help us to let those words soak into our hearts. Lord, convict us where we, we need convicting this morning. And remind us of your great mercy towards us. But help us go live this thing out. To not just hear and agree, but to go and do. So Lord, we, we pray for ourselves. And I pray for every precious soul that is in this church this morning. That you would help them to feel your Holy Spirit in this time. And Lord, we also come before you on this day and we lift up concerns that are on our own hearts as we pray for those who are sick, for those who are mourning themselves. We pray that they would be comforted. 
And what other prayer requests do we have this morning? What are some prayers we can lift up today? You say Martha Mills? Martha Mills in hospice, so we pray for her and family. What other prayers can we lift up this morning? Roxanne Hinkle in the hospital, 27 weeks pregnant, prayers for her. Prayers for the family of Donald Milligan, who passed away. Thank you. Yeah, Jenny? Roland Tice in the hospital from a procedure that went wrong. Pastor Roland Tice. For Hayden, still dealing with cancer and tumor on the back of his neck, so prayers for Hayden. Yeah. You, you go on Tuesday for what? A mediation. A mediation hearing. So prayers for you at the court. Prayers for you guys, yes. For your daughter, Caitlin, going on a Christmas weekend next weekend. So prayers for her, that retreat weekend for young women, and it'll be a great time. So prayers for them to grow closer to God in that weekend. Yeah, Ariel? Upcoming hip surgery for, for Bobby, so prayers for him. family of Tom Turner, who passed away. Prayers for your heat in your house, yes. Find that one part that's in need, yeah. Any other uh, prayers? What are some uh, joys, some praises we can lift up this morning? Oh, yes, sorry. Uh, amen. <laughs> Cheerio. <laughs> yes. So, good for your son. Prayers, or praises for your son-in-law being better. Yes. Oh, retirement, so pra praises for that. Amen. Any other praises we can lift up? Joys.
Yeah. Oh, Sydney will be going to Arizona State University for a full ride for a PhD. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. Any others we can lift up? So, God, we um, just lift all these things to you. You have heard them, and we thank you for uh, a time to just share our joys and concerns with one another and with you. And Lord, we know that, um, like every week, there are some concerns on our hearts that uh, are just private or just too hard and heavy to lift up, and we lift those concerns to you as well, and we know uh, that you uh, hear us when we call, and you know our needs even before we ask. And now let us take time to pray to God for forgiveness in places in our own lives that we need it, as we prepare to come and receive the sacrament of Holy Communion, let us take a moment to repent of those sins that are in our way and let us turn back to God. So take a moment to pray.